Hello, friends. My name is Eric Cloward, and welcome to the Stoic Coffee Break. The Stoic Coffee Break is a weekly podcast where I take an aspect of Stoicism and do my best to break it down to its most important points. I share my experiences, both my successes and my failures, and hope that you can learn something that will help improve your life. This week's episode is called All the Feels. Are you afraid of your feelings? Do you avoid, numb, or shut down your emotions? How much stress and anxiety do you create trying to avoid uncomfortable emotions? Today I want to talk about the power of emotions and how to reduce your suffering by feeling your emotions all the way through. Too many people believe that everything must be pleasurable in life. Robert Greene Emotions are powerful forces in our lives. They are the drivers of the actions that we take, and those actions lead to the results that we get in our lives. The better we are at managing our emotions, the more control we have over our lives, and the more likely we are to actually achieve the things that we want to in our lives. So, what are emotions? Emotions are complex mental states that are often the result of the interaction between our physical responses to external stimuli and our own thoughts, beliefs, and memories. Physical stimuli, such as a perceived threat, a pleasant touch, or an intense sound can trigger a physiological response in the body, such as an increased heart rate, sweating, or even changes in hormone levels. These physiological changes can influence our emotions, as our brains perceive and interpret these physical sensations and match them to an emotional state. Now, at the same time, our own thoughts, beliefs, and past experience can shape how we perceive and respond to these stimuli, creating a feedback loop between our thoughts, our emotions, and our physical sensations. When we have a strong emotional response to something, it's not just a thought in our minds, but it is something we also feel in our bodies. And it's this physical dimension which often makes emotions so scary. Our brain perceives a physical threat and reacts as if there's the possibility of actual physical harm, even if we know rationally that we'll be just fine. If you were to describe what an emotion felt like to an alien, you'd probably describe it as something like a vibration that you feel in your body. Now, some of these vibrations feel nice and pleasant, and others feel kind of negative or distressing. But really, it is more or less just a vibration that comes as a result of the thoughts in your mind and the physical circumstances around you. So, why is it so important to understand and manage our emotions in a much healthier way? Well, I want to propose the idea that most of the suffering in the world comes not just from physical pain and injury, but through emotional pain and anguish, and that the suffering that we feel is made worse because we try so hard to avoid uncomfortable or painful emotions. And it's this avoidance which causes even more suffering than the emotion that we're trying to actually avoid in the first place. Feeling our emotions is just part of being human. And when we learn how to actually feel our emotions when they come and not avoid or suppress them, we get to experience the full range of being human. If we don't feel sadness or grief, then it also limits our ability to feel happiness and joy. And for me, this is part of what the Stoics mean when they talk about living according to nature. We all feel emotions, which means that they are part of our nature. And repressing or ignoring them is not living in alignment with nature. We are more frightened than hurt, and we suffer more in imagination than in reality. Seneca One of the interesting things about humans is that we will go out of our way to avoid painful or uncomfortable emotions. And it's 
this avoidance, which causes us to suffer far longer and deeper than if we had just felt the original emotion in the first place. We often cause more damage than the emotions themselves. When we try to avoid the emotions that we're feeling, we will often distract ourselves with activities that either numb what we're feeling or just keep us focused on something else. Alcohol, drugs, food, sex, porn are just a few of the things that we use for numbing ourselves. We may also overindulge in other activities to keep our minds off of the feelings that we have. We may work extended hours or binge watch Netflix. We may even spend too much time in the gym so that we can just distract ourselves from processing and feeling the emotions that we're uncomfortable with. An inability to regulate emotions can lead to substance abuse in the form of self-medication to manage difficult emotions. Addiction and emotional suppression are often interconnected, as individuals who struggle with emotional regulation and coping may turn to substance abuse or other compulsive behaviors as a means of numbing or avoiding their emotions. On the other hand, chronic substance abuse can result in further suppression of emotions as it alters brain chemistry and interferes with a person's ability to experience and regulate their emotions. This creates a vicious cycle where substance abuse and emotional suppression reinforce each other, making it difficult for individuals to break the cycle of addiction and regain control over their emotions. Effective addiction treatment often involves addressing the underlying emotional and psychological issues as well as addressing the addiction itself. Your emotions are slaves to your thoughts, and you are the slave to your emotions. Elizabeth Gilbert Our emotions have such an impact on our bodies that we can suffer what are called psychosomatic disorders. Now, psychosomatic disorders are physical conditions which are caused or worsened by psychological and emotional factors. They occur when psychological stress or anxiety manifests in physical symptoms such as headaches, digestive problems, and fatigue. These disorders are thought to result in from the interaction between the mind and the body, where psychological stress can affect the functioning of the nervous and immune systems, leading to physical symptoms. Examples of psychosomatic disorders include, but aren't limited to, irritable bowel syndrome, chronic fatigue syndrome, and tension headaches. Treatment usually involves a combination of psychotherapy to address the underlying psychological factors and medication to manage the physical symptoms. The unwillingness and inability to just feel the uncomfortable physical sensations in our bodies has caused more suffering in the world than all the wars humanity has ever fought. Now, the one idea I want to explore next is that of toxic masculinity, which for me is one of the most damaging things in our culture. Now, toxic masculinity is a cultural construct which refers to the harmful and restrictive norms associated with masculinity, such as the suppression of emotions, aggression, dominance, and the expectation of being tough and unemotional. The inability of men to manage or sometimes even to feel their emotions is one of the most damaging behaviors in society. And these toxic norms can lead to negative behaviors such as violence, bullying, and the objectification of women, and can result in negative consequences for both men and women. When men are unable to deal with their emotions in healthy ways, these emotions just don't disappear. In my own experience, the more I try to suppress or ignore how I feel about something, well, I find that it just doesn't go away. In fact, it usually feels like it gets worse. And it's very much like a pressure cooker that builds up steam until it finally finds a way to release all that energy. Toxic masculinity contributes to poor mental health and limited expression of individuality. When you are unable to manage your emotions, then your ability to feel the fullness of being human becomes highly limited. 
Toxic masculinity is not synonymous with masculinity itself, but is rather just an expression of a narrow and a harmful definition of it. I remember one time in college, I was having a discussion with some friends about how men really have very few emotional states. At the time, I was of the opinion that men had about five emotions. That was happy, okay, or neutral, anger, fear, and sadness. And the reason that I thought this way was because my own emotional repertoire was very limited. Because of the emotional toxicity in my own home and the culture I grew up in, the range of emotions that I knew how to safely handle was very limited. When I was married, my ex-wife would often ask me how I felt about something. And when I would respond with just one of the five emotions I mentioned previously, she would ask if I felt anything deeper, if I had a broader range of emotions. And as I would try to dig deeper, I often found it very challenging because I really didn't know what I was feeling. And there were two aspects of this. So the first was that I often just shut off emotions because I didn't know how to deal with them. This meant that my range of emotions, the emotions that I allowed myself to feel, was pretty limited. And secondarily, if there were other feelings outside of happiness, sadness, fear, or anger, I often couldn't recognize them. I didn't have the words to express how I felt. And this often led to unresolved emotions, which would sometimes express themselves in fear or anger. The more you know about your feelings, the more power you have to direct them. John F. Demartini. So how do we get better about feeling our emotions? What can we do to improve our ability to regulate our emotions rather than just try to suppress them or avoid them? We need to become masters of feeling. We need to learn how to ride the waves of our emotions. Have you ever watched a big wave surfer? They are pretty amazing to watch. And when you see a master surfer out on the ocean and a big wave comes along, you can see that they get nervous and excited. And just watching them, I get nervous and excited. And sure, that big wave is pretty scary, but it's also incredibly thrilling. And the more time they put themselves in the path of these big waves, the better they get at riding them. And that power and that energy in that wave is what makes it exciting to ride. And I like to think of emotions being very similar to waves on the ocean, and that we're all surfers and we're not allowed to get out of the ocean. These emotional waves are going to keep coming at us whether we like them or not, which is pretty much how life is. So you have a choice. When these waves come along, you can try to avoid them. But if you spend your whole life not learning how to deal with your feelings, these waves are still going to be there and they're going to pull you under and knock you over, especially if you've never really learned how to handle them. Or you can decide to try and get up on that wave when it comes along. You'll probably get knocked down sometimes and you'll feel like you're drowning. And sometimes you're going to get on the board and you start riding the wave and make some progress only to fall off and biff it. But as you get better about riding the waves of your emotion, you'll find that you're able to handle even larger waves and come out the other side feeling the thrill of handling yourself in a way that is so much healthier. You'll even start to look forward to all the emotions that come your way because you know how to handle them and they make your life so much richer and fuller. Your pain is the breaking of the shell that encloses your understanding. Cahill Gibran. Now, the first thing to recognize when we're learning how to deal with our emotions better is that emotions are natural, every single one of them. So rather than fear them, we should learn how to welcome them. We need to recognize that we're going to have both positive and negative emotions and that we should welcome both of them. 
we can't cancel out the dark or negative ones and only accept the positive ones. And the thing is, is we want to feel all the emotions in our lives and not just the positive ones. I mean, there are times when we want those negative emotions, such as grief, for example, when someone close to you dies or feeling that heartbreak at the end of a relationship. Second, we need to recognize that emotions are just feelings. They're a physical sensation, a vibration in our bodies. And they can often feel overwhelming and terrible, but that vibration in our body is not going to kill us, even if our mind is trying to convince us otherwise. Third, when we have an emotion, the best thing that we can do is just step right up and do our best to embrace it. The more we try to avoid or suppress it, the longer it will hang around. The healthiest and honestly the fastest way to deal with emotions is just to feel them. And the harder that we try to avoid emotions, the longer they stick around. Emotions don't go away, but will show up in other ways. When we stop resisting, we allow our mind and our body to actually process how we're feeling. And then we can let it move through us like it's naturally supposed to. The last thing to remember is that emotions show up in physical ways. And processing them is a physical act. We need to find physical ways to let them through. And I know for me that sometimes when I'm feeling an incredibly strong emotion, both positive and negative, I'll often cry when I just let it pass through me. It's what I need to release all of that energy. And afterwards, I feel so much better. I may feel tired or exhausted, but I usually feel much calmer. And I feel clean like I've purged a whole bunch of heavy energy, which was weighing me down. Learning how to manage and regulate our emotions is a skill that we all have to learn if we want to live our best lives. Emotions are a fabric of our lives and are not just something that can be avoided. Try as you might, those waves are going to keep coming after you for as long as you're alive. So you have a choice. Are you going to try and avoid them, only to get pulled under, gasping for air? Or are you going to turn into the wave and ride it like a pro and feel the fullness of your life? And that's the end of this week's Stoic Coffee Break. Be good to yourself, be good to others, and thanks for listening. Hello, friends. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to patreon.com slash stoiccoffee and help support this podcast by becoming a patron. Also, swing by our website at www.stoic.coffee where you can sign up for our newsletter and buy some great-looking shirts and hoodies at the new Stoic Coffee Shop. Also, if you know of somebody that would benefit from or would appreciate this podcast, please share it. Word of mouth is always the best way to help this podcast grow. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.